Star Wars. Anime. The Guild. Comic books. Lord of the Rings. Action figures. Harry Potter. Star Trek. Game of Thrones. Steampunk. Joining me today for this fanboy confession is Charles Piner. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Great. Now let's let's jump right into it. How long have you been a fanboy? Uh, well, I'm 35 years old, and I would probably say <laughs> almost 30, 30 some years. <laughs> so quite a long time. Quite a long time. Yeah, and how did you get into being a fanboy? Do you have family members who were geeks or in that kind of genre-related material? Not really. Um, I honestly would say my earliest kind of fandom I did was um, when I was really young. My father was a uh, you know, we, we didn't have cable TV where we lived, so one thing he loved to do was watch a lot of movies and stuff. So mm-hmm. he used to take me out, and you know, he used to also watch watch uh, where we had on the television stuff. And I remember one of the first things I watched was a classic Star Trek. So that, mm. I think that kind of gave me the jump start. And maybe a few years later is when I watched the uh, first Star Wars film I watched, which is Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was it. That started your fandom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it exploded from that. But, I mean, I would say going back to those early days, like I say, I used to watch – you know, he would he would sit me down. We'd watch you know things like Star Trek and uh, mm-hmm. the old Buck Rogers and uh, the Adam West Batman. And you know, that was back, yeah. back when you know I watched a few cartoons and stuff. But that was sort of my uh, Saturday morning view and everything. Nice. So you so you, it was your father who actually introduced you to this, right? Yeah. But you're saying he's not a, a geek like you. Not really. Um, he he was just yeah. You know, basically, he was working all the time, so he'd come home. He'd yeah. want to watch TV, and I'd kind of sit down watch with him, and I just kind of picked up on it from there. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, why do you think you t- what what struck a chord with you uh, with those kind of shows? Um, it was just the fantasy element. I mean, I was a young kid, and just watching TV, like watching Star Trek and seeing him traveling to stars and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that, that just really fascinated me because I saw how, you know, things could be potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to Very, not to mention the fact that there was a lot of toys back then, so that helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now let's go ahead and move forward a little bit. Okay. So you've been a uh, obviously a fanboy for thirty plus years mm-hmm. what would you say if i had to make you choose and i know this is hard because it's even hard for me to pick like one fandom that you're really that you would say is your top fandom uh, no question star wars star wars okay mm-hmm. now why do you think that is because the two main things i grew up with were star trek and star wars but star wars mm-hmm. just fascinated me so much more i think because i didn't have a lot of access to it back then beyond playing with the toys because i mean you know i remember the early days it was like i said the first film i saw was empire strikes back and i think i might have been four when i saw that i don't even remember it mm-hmm. um my earliest memory was watching the first star wars film my uncle brought over his 13-inch color TV, which, yes, we only had black and white TVs back then, and, uh-huh. and he brought over a Betamax player. That was my mm-hmm. first exposure to Star Wars. 
for, nice. And I know a few years later, I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters, and it just, I like I said, I think it was just other than having the toys to play with. You know, like I remember one Christmas, I got uh, the Millennium Falcon and the Ad Ad and everything, and those were just you know played to death. Yeah, I yeah. Think that yeah. really grabbed me. Very cool. Very cool. Now, are you are you into the EU? What specifically in Star Wars would you say is your favorite? Um. Above all, I'd definitely say Empire Strikes Back is my favorite because my favorite okay. my favorite character of all is Boba Fett, which I know a lot of people are like, oh, Boba Fett only spoke a few lines, but I was a kid, he was cool, and it just it stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you like the prequels at all? I did. I'm I'm one of those old school fans who grew up with the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I lived through the changes George Lucas made in the '90s, and I lived through the, the prequels, and I loved them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm the I'm the same way. I'm a Star Wars fan, so I love anything Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, are you currently watching the Clone Wars? Yes, definitely. I love the Clone Wars. I think they're doing a really good job with expanding that. Just that one little stretch of time between two films. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And Boba Fett's been a fairly big part of that. Yeah. Also. I mean, they had whole stories with his whole race, which was very cool. Yeah, and not to mention they started really kind of delving into Boba Fett himself and showing kind of, you know, how he started. Yeah, yeah, very, very, yeah, lots of cool backstory. And it is interesting because, I mean, you're not the only one who loves, I mean, there's some very diehard Boba Fett fans. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's he's not really a huge character, you know, for the Star Wars series. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously he is now. They built him. To make him bigger in the prequels, you know, being an actual clone of uh, Django. Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of people argued about that because they, yeah, I, I think a lot of people just liked the original mystique of him. They didn't know what, mm-hmm. what he looked like. You know, he just had that real mysterious. He was almost like a, a Clint Eastwood character from an old spaghetti western. You didn't know anything mm-hmm. about him. Now, yeah. I think it's good they expanded this story, and you kind of know where he came from, and hopefully, we know where he's going to go eventually. Yeah, 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 very cool. Now, since you've been a fanboy for such a long time, has it influenced your life? Has it made you who you are today? Oh, yes. Uh, um, I know right out of high school, my first job was working at a comic shop. Nice. So, And that's a comic shop I to this day I've been shopping at. So, I mean, doing that, um, you know, getting on social media and on Twitter and mm-hmm. everything just to follow fellow geeks and everything, yeah, it's definitely been a big influence. Nice, nice. Now let's go back to your childhood. Okay. Did you have did you have friends or siblings that were also geeks that that you could share that passion with? Uh, no siblings. Um, I had a few friends in school. You know, like I, you know, we had to, I had a little group I knew, like two or three people. You know, I had a couple mm-hmm. that were into GI Joe and everything. We kind of trade figures back and forth. But I never, uh-huh. I never really hung out with anybody. So I was always kind of like you know on my own with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, other than, you know, I mean, the Internet's a big, uh, you know, a big opening to that uh, nowadays. You know, you don't feel you don't feel alone anymore because, you know, back in the day, you feel like you were the only one who loves this stuff. Exactly. You know, and now with the Internet, I'm sure things have changed a lot. Yeah. uh, Internet. um, You know, I've been going to a few conventions last few years, and it's just really a great way to actually meet other people. Yeah. How what, what conventions have you gone to and how was your first experience? Uh, my first convention I ever went to was Heroes Con in Charlotte. Uh, my father okay. actually took me to that one. 
Um, it was actually kind of funny because I remember I took a uh, hundred dollars cash to spend. I thought, "Oh, I have all this money." <laughs> I think I blew it in five minutes. Uh, yeah. But uh, I've been to that. I've been to a few uh, horror shows up in Baltimore. It's mostly East Coast stuff. And uh-huh. um, I haven't been the last couple of years, but I've been going to Dragon Con down in Atlanta. Oh, great! Yes. Yeah, I I haven't done Dragon Con yet, but I definitely want to do it. I hear how great it is. Mm-hmm. But now, do you, now do you remember walking in? To your first con and just thinking, these are my people, this is where I belong. I re- Did you feel comfortable? I remember walking into Heroes Con for the first time and thinking, oh my god, it's the biggest comic store ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, the thing is, a lot of shows I've been to were relatively small, but I do remember uh-huh. the, the first experience of Dragon Con. I've never been to San Diego Comic Con. I want to go one year. Yeah. But everybody's always told me how huge Comic Con is out there, and it's you know tons of people. And when I went down to Dragon Con, it was sort of the same experience. It's a huge show, especially for these coasts. Mm-hmm. That was really overwhelming. We only spent three days down there out of the four, and it was like we didn't even touch a tenth of what we could have experienced out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear Dragon Con is like the party con. It is. And Comic-Con, I mean, Comic-Con is almost, you know, what, three times the size? I've gone eight years now to Comic-Con, and every year, now it's up to 130,000. It is very overwhelming if you if it's your first time. Yep. You know, it's 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 fun, and you, you'll you swear you'll never do it again, but you're buying tickets as soon as they go on sale for the next one. That's the way I feel about DragonCon. <laughs> I know I've already got tickets for this year, and I'm planning on next. Well, I'm kind of planning on next year, but I'm really planning on celebration next year more than anything else. So that might have to take precedence over. Dragon now, have have you done a celebration? Almost. Um, Almost. Well, I've never done one because um, most of them being on the West Coast or in the Midwest. Uh-huh. Last yeah. year they had one in Orlando. Yeah. Now, for the last few years, I've actually had to take care of my father as Alzheimer's. Okay. And, uh, last year, I could not get anybody to watch my father because I'd go down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Had a friend, though, who she went in my place, and she kind of went down and got autographs. She would call me from the sales floor, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, not- this year, I'm, this coming year, I'm definitely going to be down because it's going to be back in Orlando, and it's going to be a blast. Oh, you're going to love it. I went to the one in Los Angeles. It was, uh, CV- it was uh, Celebration 4. Mm-hmm. Four, yeah, four, yeah, four. Because then five was in Atlanta or uh, Orlando, and then six is going to be in Orlando. Yeah. But uh, you're a Star Wars fan like me. I mean, I grew up. That's what made me a geek was was Star Wars. I saw it when I was six years old in a in a drive-in. Yes. Star Wars, you know, the original Star Wars, mm-hmm. and that made me love science fiction. So going to nothing but. Star Wars fans, it's it's incredible. Especially you know they there's people with replica X wings, like full size X wings. Oh no! You know, land speeders. There's lots of costumes and it's it's an incredible. All the archie units just rolling around doing their thing. Yes, it's it's very surreal. It's amazing how you know just basically it started with one or two films and it's just exploded into. Yeah, a phenomenon. It's not even just you know a collector's hobby. It's like this yeah. gigantic culture within itself. Yeah, there's so many aspects to Star Wars. 
you know, let alone the the act the the collecting. Now, did you current currently collect still? I collect a little bit here and there. Um, sometimes you know, a few of the figures here and there. I'm actually working toward. Um, I'm hoping within the next couple of years I can possibly get to uh, the 501st. So I'm trying to work on my costume mm. now. Nice. So yeah, is it going to be that? <laughs> Not yet. I'm. I've, I've talked to a few people, and everybody tells me do not try an armored suit for your first costume. So okay. the costume I selected for my first is the Emperor's Royal Guard from Return of the Jedi. Oh, nice. Which I figure, okay, it's a helmet and a robe. And then, of course, my fir- first time I tell somebody that, they asked me, so where are you going to wear it? I said, well, I'll try to wear it for Celebration 6. And they said, okay, you're going down to Orlando, Florida, late summer, in essentially what's a big blanket. Yeah? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true, but you know what? You sacrificed for your passion. Exactly. And, you know, just think all those poor stormtroopers and all those people who are in armor. I'm sure that's not, you know, breathable. Yeah, and I will say this. Yeah, I've talked to members of the 501st, and they're extremely helpful with, you know, with whatever questions you might have. You know, yeah. so they suggest ways to keep cool, and you know, they're they're real helpful for anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's very very cool. Uh, let's go ahead and let's change the topic a little bit. Let's talk about being a geek nowadays because it seems to be very trendy. It does, and it also seems to be bringing up controversy every time you turn around a corner. Yes, I was going to mention that also. Yeah, like people pretending to be geeks just so they're in the in crowd, which is so weird to me because I've been a geek all my life and I've been so on the outside of everything, and now all of a sudden you're on the actual inside of this, you know, of this phenomena, and people want to be part of your group. Why do you think that is? I think in some ways it's people who – I think in some ways it's – you get people who have been geeks, but they kind of like hit it. You know, like the whole thing lately right now with, you know, uh, good-looking women and saying, you know, oh, they can't mm-hmm. be geeks. And like the whole thing with Miss America. Yeah. I think in some ways it's – these people are, are geeks at heart. But they just never want to say it before because it's like, okay, what cool, but now it's cool. They say, yeah. I'm a geek, and everybody's like, no, you're not. You're too pretty or whatever. <laughs> like, come on, people. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what do you think What do you think for uh, people calling people geek or nerds? Are you opposed to any of those names? No. I always tell people as you – know, I think in a way we've kind of reclaimed those words. You know, I tell mm-hmm. people, you know, when you call me a geek, I say, yeah, I word on my shoulder. You know, I have yeah. no problem with people calling me any of that because, like I said, it's reclaimed for us now. It's not, it's not a derogatory term anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just, you need to be proud to be a geek. Exactly. Or nerd, or you know, whatever other name they want to call us. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, you're also, um, you know, I wanted to talk about like on that same topic, uh, sports fans. Mm-hmm. You know, because for you know, because fandom isn't just about genre-related things. You can be a, a fanboy or a fangirl for a sports team, for a, uh, a music or an artist. You know, there's so many. Fandom is, you know, when you think of a fanboy, the first thing most people think of is, oh, it's a geek-related topic. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, some people I've seen argue, you know, what's the true definition of a geek or a nerd? And I always say, no matter what, it's someone who knows a lot about something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you take that definition, you go to a sports fan, you know, with the definition of a geek and nerd, you can kind of break it down to 
a geek or a nerd is someone who knows a lot about something in particular. Mm-hmm. And you take that to sports fans. I know plenty of sports fans who can quote you, you know, stat, stats for, you know, going back decades for a particular oh, team, yeah. a particular player. And, you know, that right there, that's, a, that's a nerd. That's a geek, but they're just a different <laughs> type of nerd and geek. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think I always considered fanboy or fangirls. You are passionate about something. Exactly. It could be a sports team. It could be a music group. It can be so many different things. It could be a TV series or a movie or, you know, it's so many things that you could be a fanboy about. It, you know, it's, it's funny that we have to put people in these little boxes, you know, well, they like sports, so they're obviously not a geek. Well, you can love sports and also be a geek at the same time. Yeah, and the other thing that gets me with people, you know, especially people outside or even in some cases people, People within the circle of geeks and nerds, they always assume that a geek or a nerd is antisocial. I was on Facebook a, a week ago arguing with someone yeah. back and forth about, you know, he was saying, oh, you know, a geek is an antisocial person. And no, they're not. If you're antisocial, yeah. you wouldn't be going out to a convention with 35,000 <laughs> or 100,000 people. Yeah, granted, yeah. they're all geeks and nerds, but I mean, that, that's something to be social about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you know, I think it's, it's the media. Media does pigeonhole certain types mm-hmm. it's a stereotype you know geeks are supposed to be overweight uh not lucky with the ladies you know loners in their basement of their parents house and you know honestly if i'm sure there are people like that and that's fine but that's not the majority of the people but that's what stereotypically what people think right and that's that's the thing i mean that's one stereotype that i think you know, geeks as a whole should try to break you know, I mean, we've made great strides into the idea that we are not, you know, the, I guess the Revenge of the Nerds stereotype, you know, hanging <laughs> yeah. out in our little house and everything. We've really expanded into this just massive, you know, fandom and people got, yeah. people are, I think some, in some ways are scared of it because it's like, you know, they're afraid that here we are. Geeks and nerds were the typical ones, especially the older people. These are the mm-hmm. ones they picked on in high school and middle school and everything, mm-hmm. and now we're the popular ones. And it's yeah, yeah, I think it scares them in a little way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I'm also hoping that's what this podcast can do also, is that I can talk to various fanboys and fangirls and show that there's a variety of people out there. We're all not the same. We're all very different, but we're all very passionate about a topic. Yeah, and um, – you know, again, I'll tell you right now, this is something you can edit out on if you know, it's up okay. to you or not. But uh, one thing I would like to do myself, you know, I'm not a very well-known person, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping by next year I want to start traveling again. I want to get out to Comic-Con, and I would love to just start meeting fellow geeks and fellow nerds. I'd love to take their picture, and I want to try to start like a Tumblr page or something. I just want nice. to show the whole world these are the geeks. These are the nerds. They yeah. look different. Everything, you know, give a little bit of their story and show there's a wide, wide variety to who geeks and nerds really are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because uh, people don't know that. That people really do. The media does show off only a certain type, you know. And it's 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 important that we change those people's view. You know, it's slowly changing. I mean, geeks are definitely much more accepted. It's cool now to be a geek. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's still people being bullied by it. There's still people who don't understand what it is to be 
passionate or be a fanboy or a fangirl about something. And the other thing, you know, we've got to remember is a lot of us are getting older. You know, some of us are our parents. And, you know, our you know their kids and they're, mm-hmm. they're going to school. They're getting picked on because they may be geeks or nerds themselves, or they you know, yeah. may know about their parents. They got the really instill into their kids like, hey, it's okay to be a geek. It's okay to be a nerd. Yeah, you know, make sure they're not afraid. You know, if they get you know because their thing is you see in the news all the time people are still getting bullied in, in schools, and it's getting worse than what we used to go through. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's also getting better because there is internet out there. There is a support system. Yes. Um, I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember that story last year about that young girl, Katie. Oh, who, yeah. The little girl got picked on because she had yeah. Star Wars lunchbox. I yeah. thought that was so great how just an entire community just came out. You, know, you had companies sending her toys and everything and just a great outpouring of support. Just one girl who got picked on. Yeah, yeah. And that she's one of many, mm-hmm. you know. We just heard her story, which was great, that they were able to expose that girls can like Star Wars. You know? Yes. It's not a genre-specific show. Nothing is. I don't think really anything is. No. You know. And granted, you know, like with Star Wars, I mean, okay, maybe some of the stuff is still targeted toward boys, but there's no point to – you know, saying, well, it's just a boy's thing. You know, girls can yeah. play with the toys, too. Girls can buy the clothes. Girls can get whatever they yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, cool. Um, now, do you want to share anything with our listeners? Do you have a website or, uh, you know, um, anything well, happening right now? Uh, not right now. I'm just working. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I can just say um, if anybody would like to, you know, follow me or anything, I'm on Facebook under my name. And I'm also okay. on Twitter under at Cpiner the Geek. There you go. So give him a follow. I really appreciate you stopping by and confessing your fanboyism to me. No problem. I thank you for having me. And hopefully we will chat in the near future. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention, it's finally here, the first and only podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com.
Confessions of a Fanboy is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.